Welcome to the Cairo Radio Rundown, the only show where we get every Cairo Radio host take on the biggest stories of the week. Obviously, we've got to get into the death of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. We'll go around the horn in just a minute here, but first I want to take you behind the scenes to talk about what happens when a story like this breaks, at least in the Cairo Radio newsroom. Time for your Cairo Radio real-time traffic. Tracy Taylor, we're getting back to, to pre-COVID normal. My husband just got home and he goes, So this news like broke at about 4.31 p.m. At that point, Heather Bosch was near the end of her newscast. She had just thrown to Tracy Taylor to do the traffic. I was in the studio at the time when I hear the sharp intake of breath coming from her and I look Look up to see her pointing at one of the two TVs we have set up. One is generally set to broadcast CNN, and the other is, is usually set to Fox News. Kind of depends on show to show, though. I look to see what she's pointing at. I see the CNN Chiron that reads Ruth Bader Ginsburg dead at 87. Heather immediately started communicating with the board operator to let him know we need a breaking news sounder and starts writing an update. Again, this is all happening during a traffic break, which is usually only about a minute long. When it's a local story, we have reporters and desk editors that help us stay on top of it. When it comes to national news, we depend a lot on our affiliation with CBS News, but sometimes CNN breaks something before anyone else and you just have to roll with the punches. So I just want you to hear what it sounds like when you have to break news with maybe 45 seconds of notice. CNN is just now reporting that Ruth Bader Ginsburg has died at the age of 87 due to complications of metastatic pancreatic cancer. Uh, We will be looking into this. Ginsburg, one of the senior members of um, the nation's high courts. Again, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, word that she has died at 87. More on that coming up. Meanwhile, I'm frantically texting Tom and John, trying to make sure they're up to speed. We started this segment that I'm about to play the beginning of right after... Uh, Heather's newscast. So this is their uh, absolute first takes. Here we go again. Mitch McConnell will be faced with the decision about uh, bringing up a nominee, right? Do we wait? Yes. This is really something. This, yep. wow, talk about an absolutely crazy year. 2020, yeah. Ginsburg passing away. Her health has been in question. She's been battling cancer since 1999. And you, everyone was like, all liberals, like, hang on, hang on, yes. Ruth, hang on, hang on. One of the uh, big questions that was asked of people when they were leaving uh, the voting booth back in 2016, when people used to go to voting booths, was uh, what was one of the reasons you voted? And they said, mm-hmm. it's for the Supreme Court. And mm-hmm. this, here we go again. This is now an issue back before voters. And after the Election, and you heard uh, Newt Gingrich and others say, well, uh, elections have consequences, and here we go. We're going to put our people in there. So this will be if if Trump wins. Oh, oh no, if, if Trump, Trump wins. wins. No, no, no. I'm Trump. wondering if they're going to try to force a replacement before the election. In uh, other words, the, a year, yeah, when right. when they stopped when they stopped uh, Garland, that was Obama, Merrick right, Garland, right. they said because no, well, it's too close to the election. We need to to hold off, and the Republicans held off, and the and the Democrats raised holy hell, saying, "What do you mean it's ten months away?" They 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 said they refused to wait to the election. Now we're two yeah. months out, uh, seven weeks out. Are the Republicans going to no. try to cram somebody in uh, no before way. the election? Yeah, no way. No okay, way. No I way. hope that's no right. Way. But yes, it will become one of the. I don't know if it'll knock off the pandemic as the number one issue, but it may be the number one issue for yes. Republican voters. Oh, absolutely. John was confident, as you can hear there, that Republicans would hold off. But as we all know now, that wouldn't prove true. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell announced he would hold a vote. And at this point, enough Republicans announced their support to suggest he'll be successful. We just got word, actually, too, that Trump is going to announce his pick on Saturday. Uh, The time I heard was 5 p.m. I presume that's Eastern. 
Dave Ross of Seattle's Morning News described the actions of Republicans as hypocritical. You won't believe it, but the same Republicans who four short years ago blocked Barack Obama's Supreme Court nominee nine full months before an election now say there's more than enough time to vet Donald Trump's nominee seven short weeks before an election. And no one was more sanctimonious back then than Senator Lindsey Graham, who promised to apply the same rule even against his own party should a President Trump someday nominate a Supreme Court justice just before an election. I take you back to 2016. You can say Lindsey Graham said, let's let the next president, whoever it might be, make that nomination. And you could use my words against me and you'd be absolutely right. He even wanted his own words quoted back to him. Well, wish granted. Notice, however, he did not say that he would actually take his own advice which is clearly past its pull date. Because unlike the Lindsey Graham of four years ago, the Lindsey Graham of today is in a tight Senate race, and the last thing he needs is to tick off Donald Trump. So of course he's going to contradict himself. Because like all politicians, he knows that no matter how noble your intentions, the first thing you have to do is win. And if it takes hypocrisy to hang on to that seat, so be it. After being a senator, I'm guessing anything else would feel like going up and Emmy-winning Netflix series without a paddle. We'll get a response here from Dory Monson, who argued that the accusations of hypocrisy shouldn't just come down on Republicans. The Democrats in 2016, they were saying that, of course, uh, Obama should put forth a nominee who is Merrick Garland, and of course the Senate could vote, should vote. Problem was the Senate was a different party than the White House, and they didn't have enough votes. For Merrick Garland, there was nothing evil about it. There's nothing fishy. I mean, li- listen, you're Democrats four years ago. The American people deserve a fully staffed court of nine. The president nominates and then the Senate advises and consents or not, but they go forward with the process. What we're seeing here, and I hope this is temporary, is a disrespect for the Constitution. The Constitution is 100% clear. The President of the United States has the right to nominate someone to be a Justice of the Supreme Court. Senate's function is to hold hearings and to vote. You know, I don't care where you are on the political spectrum, you know with 100% certainty that if a Democrat was president and they had a Democrat majority in the Senate and a conservative justice died and that Democrat's re-election was in doubt, you know 100% the Democrats would race to fill that Supreme Court seat with a liberal. You know that with certainty. But a lot of people don't want to accept reality. I just want to flip back real quickly. Uh, here's John Curley's updated take after he had the weekend to dwell on it. Okay, so let's take a look at the differences. In 2016, who controlled the White House? Uh, the Democrats Democrat. in, in the bottom uh, Who controlled yeah. the Senate? Republicans. Okay. As they had for three, three, three different voting terms, they had won. So the difference was there was a split. This year, you have a Republican in the White House, and you got a Republican-controlled Senate. So you have both in there. Well, the rule, what people were saying was, since there is a split in 2016, let the people decide with their vote. That's the difference? Collectively, the conversation moved on to trying to decipher the implications of all this for the future. Dory speculated this is going to lead to a lot more talk from anyone politically left of center about this concept known as packing the court. For most of our history, we've had nine Supreme Court justices. As few as five, as many as ten. But Franklin Roosevelt, he was thinking about, hey, 
since I'm a far-left liberal, why don't we just increase the number of Supreme Court justices to 13, and since I'm president, I can just pack it with a bunch of far-left liberal justices. Now, Ruth Bader Ginsburg was asked about that, and she said no. Nine seems to be a good number, and it's been that way for, for a long time. I have heard that there are some people on the Democratic side who would like to increase the number of judges. I think that was a bad idea when President Franklin Delano Roosevelt tried to pack the court. Mike Lewis, usually the host of Cairo Nights, was filling in for Ursula Reutin earlier this week in the 9 to noon slot. He was talking to Seattle University law professor Brooke Coleman, and he asked her about this court packing idea as well. The notion of packing the court on also the notion of maybe setting some sort of limit on how long Supreme Court justices serve. People have talked 18 years. That essentially mathematically means almost every president will get at least one appointment, uh, if not more. I mean, do you see any of these as as next step uh, initiatives by potentially by the by the Democrats? Should they win? Uh, in the Senate and in the presidency? Or do you think these are steps that maybe legally are not good steps to take? I guess I'm just, I'm a purist at heart. And I think that what I would rather see is, you know, given again, going back to RBG's incrementalism and how she was thoughtful about norms and rules, I wish everybody could just kind of put their weapons down. You know, and I and I I really wish that in this moment we could agree, however it goes, that no matter what happens with Ruth Bader Ginsburg's appointments, we put the filibuster back into place for the appointments at all levels of the federal court, district appellate and Supreme Court, so that we get back to the day when we actually had nominations that require consensus. And that, you know, everybody just go back to that system. And I think Ruth Bader Ginsburg would say the same thing. I think if that happened, we could avoid these conversations about taking these extreme measures. Because honestly, where does that end? We'll end with this. It's the closest I heard any host get to actually advocating for court packing. It's Felix Bunnell, and he was filling in for Tom Tangney. I hate that they use, they use the word pack the court. It's so pejorative. They should say enhance the court uh-huh. or um, expand the court. Yes. Kind of make it, kind of sell it better. Because it's almost like when they say defund the police rather yes. than you, spend the money to enhance social you, you programs. You always have a problem. Enhance with, the court. You have a problem with the verb. So... That's the Cover Radio Rundown for September 22nd, 2020. Thanks for listening. You don't always have time to listen to every Cover Radio show, but you'll always have time for the Cover Rundown. See you on Thursday.